Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for February 2010. Sponsored by Macworld Super Guides, what you need to know. Welcome to this Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm the podcast's regular host, Chris Breen. Throughout Expo Week, we'll be offering a series of podcasts hosted by a variety of Macworld editors and featuring some of the best and brightest people in the Apple-related industry. And now, this episode's host. Hello, and welcome to the special edition of the Macworld podcast. I'm senior editor Roman Loyola, and this is a special From the Lab podcast. I'm joined by lab director Jim Galbraith. Hi, Roman. And associate editor Chris Holt. How's it going? And in this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the products that we've seen on the show floor from a lab perspective. So it's mostly what we're talking about is hardware, um, peripherals, uh, what you might call some commodity products that, you know, you kind of, everyone needs, not so glamorous maybe, but the stuff that we like to get into the lab and test. So um, why don't we start off with Chris. Chris, you've seen some cool storage items. Your, your main, one of your main beats is storage, so what have you seen on the show floor? Well, I've seen a couple of cool things. Um, over at uh, CI Design, their iStorage Pro line, they, uh, they claim they're going to be the first company out there to create USB 3.0 for the Mac, and they're going to have an adapter and make it uh, available for the Mac, hopefully, you know, soonish. And I think that's, that's pretty big news. Yeah, because all these vendors, other storage vendors, have been coming out with USB 3.0 devices, and USB 3.0 hasn't officially been available on a Mac. It hasn't even been announced or anything like that. So what, what is their solution about? How would you, are, are they offering like a, an expansion card that you can add to your Mac or something to get USB 3.0? I mean, it seemed like it was going to be an adapter, like something you plug into that's just going to kind of translate for it. Okay. But I don't know. And it's interesting in that they're enthusiastic. They're going to be the first ones to do this, but they also are kind of begrudgingly admitting that they think Apple will come out with something new, new soon that'll be an alternative, faster mechanism of transferring. It's, it's an interesting thing because, you know, most Macs come with FireWire 800, 400, so that's another alternative that you can use in, other than USB 3.0 to get to faster throughput. But, you know, USB is everywhere. And it sounds like if you're using an adapter that you could possibly, you know, you'll run into a, a performance wall, it sounds like. But I, I don't know. We haven't seen the product yet. Yeah. I've seen other companies that have, uh, you know, on the Windows side, will have their expansion cards, PCI slot uh -huh. cards, and uh, as well as uh, PC cards. So my uh, guess is that they're probably working on something like that. You know, obviously, physically, it'll fit into a Mac, whether right. or not, you know, they have some figured out some kind of workaround. Chances are they'll figure, as soon as they figure out a workaround, Apple will release um, support for it the yes. next day and then yes. wipe all their months and months of hard engineering right. work. That, that was yeah. kind of their, their conclusion as well. They were thinking, yeah, as soon as we figure out what this is, Apple will come out with something better. Yeah. It was kind of like what they did with um, Boot Camp. Everybody oh, yeah. worked and scrambled to try yes. and figure out how to get Windows to run, and as soon as they did, like, oh, well, here, why didn't you just ask? Here it is for free. So. so is this product shipping yet, or is this just like a technology demo that they were showing at their booth? No, it's not, not even a demo. They're not even demoing this yet. They're just saying this is something that they are working on actively and are you know, hoping to premiere, I think, soon. Okay. But it, it was not demoed. Um, they had a lot of other good drives out there that are uh, you know, 
they're proud of and they're you know pretty cool to look at, but they're not USB 3.0 on the Mac yet. Okay. Well, USB 3.0, that's something we'll definitely keep an eye on as it develops on the Macintosh. Uh, Jim, you saw some cool stuff at the Verbatim booth. I did, yeah. They had some uh, really cool, you know, we've heard the name Verbatim for years and years and think I think of, you know, media, like, you know, old, old style media. I think of, of floppy disks. That's yeah. what I think of when I think verbatim. And uh, they've been around forever. And uh, a few years ago, they started um, acquiring other companies and some storage companies. And now they have some pretty, pretty slick looking drives over there. Uh, the itty bitty drive, if I get the name right, uh, that's the smallest USB thumb drive I've ever seen. It's, I mean, you can't believe it's even a thumb drive. It, and it's hard to explain. It looks like it would be like, something you'd use for a zipper you know it's like just as it's it's like that small it's really tiny and it's amazing and and now that these things come in two four and six gigabytes capacities and they're the size of your you know thumbnail pinky nail it sounds uh, like it's that it, it sounds like it's almost too small i would lose that lose yeah that. you know i would lose that you know maybe you could stash it in a wallet or something like they that. have it comes with a really small uh little small kind of cord that goes on your keychain, okay. um, and or you could probably put it on your uh, zipper. But it is it, it really is tiny and uh, and very colorful. That helps probably to locate it. It's right. got like bright red and orange and really cool colors. They have lots of cool colors over there. I suggest stopping by Verbatim. We got a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's always kind of handy to have store you know flash storage with you, and the less obtrusive it is. You know, for me to better, but at the same time, you know, I want to be able to fish it out of my pocket if I have to. I right. guess it's kind of good to know what's in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, if you guys have seen the uh, Bone has been out here now a couple of years, and they do kind of cutesy USB flash drives. Right. For me, we're like exactly the right like size small. I mean, they're like definitely going to fit on your keychain. Pretty easy to use. Like they're adorable. You know, very much a cute factor there. I guess smaller than that, I just didn't really fathom like what I want to do with that. Like where else I can put put those things. On your keychain, and it wouldn't take up any more room in your pocket. Right. And yeah. you wouldn't lose it. So, I think it's a. Uh, it seems pretty cool. Um, they had a few things that you know, a lot of Me Too products is too. They also have a, uh, you know, uh, media storage device that Chris is probably very happy to hear. A little four bay uh, hard drive uh, that you know, it's uh, another one of these you know, NAS devices that Chris Holt loves so oh, much. Uh, oh, I love them. Oh, oh so much. Actually, I've seen, I think, now four different vendors who have four to six bay uh, drives. These are their entry-level you know, RAID solutions that I will probably be looking at in the next few months. Yes, I think Buffalo was showing one as well, um, alongside their Dually. Oh, the Dually. Oh, yes, the Dually. The yes. Buffalo Dually. Hmm. So, we, uh, the Buffalo Dually is a, it's a iPod, Oh, I'm sorry, it's an iPhone dock. And iPod dock. Oh, it's also, right, you're right. Well, it's a, okay, so it's an iPod dock and a dock for a Buffalo portable hard drive. So it's two docks in one. Uh, I believe it's, it's, a, it's, in a, it's a 500 gigabyte hard drive that you can put in there. Yep. So it, it's a space saver. And, you know, um, the thing about the Buffalo Dually, a little, I guess, uh, inside baseball kind of talk is that it was up it was one of our semi-finalists for our best of show. And we actually went back and forth about it. You know, Jim and I 
were big kind of advocates for it. We liked the idea that it saved a lot of space because it has a USB connection, so you have one connection going from the Dually to your Mac, and you don't have to have another connection for your iPod or iPhone. It was just one single connection, and it, you know, it since it held two devices, it kept things kind of neat and clean. And since my desk is always a mask, I, I was really a big fan of this. But other people, like Mr. Young, young Mr. Chris Holt here, and others on staff were not. Oh, big. others as well. Yes. yes. I, I had the backing of some other staff That's members true. here. Thank but in much. this podcast, it's just you. No, just me. All right, I'll defend myself here. I mean, I think it's you know, it's a cool concept, and it, it does clean up your desk a bit, but. It reduces the number of cords you have by one. I mean, it goes from one USB cord to, for two USB cords to if one. If you're USB using cord. a MacBook Pro, I mean, or a MacBook, you only have one or two. So you know, are you going to plug into your? I don't know. I think they're, they're like three on MacBook Pros now. I think. Uh, but I think MacBooks still have. I don't. You're right on the three, but yeah, I don't know. I run out of them. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I run out of USB ports. I, there also was no, you know, interactivity between the hard drive and the uh, iPhone, iPod. It, you know, I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing is people see it and they go, "How cool is that? I can back up my iPhone to this hard drive, and that's going to be great." And that's not what it does. And I don't think anybody could do that because it's, you know, it's not how Apple's designed it. You know, um, it, but uh, but yeah, I think that's the biggest disappointment is people expect one thing when they see this device and then they realize, oh, it's just a hard drive and an iPod dock and, you know. So it came down to a vote on the staff for the best of show and the naysayers won and Jim and I were dejected do. and, you know. Hey, you know, I think it's a nice product. I just didn't think it was best of show worthy. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is a nice product, so, and, you know, if we're at the show. It and, and maybe it'll really impress me and I'll completely rescind my previous objections, we'll see. So if you're at the show, you know, Buffalo's here and So if they so Chris, if they were to have it be an iPod dock, a hard drive, and a coffee mug warmer. That's a, no no yes, no. and it must toast my bread. Very okay. important. Must I mean, toast my bread. Um, how far does this thing have to go before you're gonna it's gonna get your vote for so, best of so, show? What can <laughs> Buffalo do next year? So Jim was uh, referencing an argument we had earlier about uh, mechanisms that do more than one thing. I, I kinda argued it was like a sharp image like clock that's also a towel and that it really doesn't have much practicality, although it you know, is cool, it does multiple things. Um, but yes, I, I would like it to, to do more than just uh, you know, charge my iPhone and then charge my hard drive. Yes. Yeah, I, I have high standards, what can I say? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Well, we're, as you can see, Jim and I have still not gotten over that. <laughs> we, we have issues and we'll, you know. We'll get our own It's duelies. Friday. We're giving it the Jim and Roman Award. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, speaking of, more, speaking of hard drive vendors yeah. as a segue, so you. Uh, that's not a bad that, segue. That's, no, that's yeah, okay. I have to work. See, I had a flash, I had a flash memory segue, but then Jim brought up the dually, oh, so then that right. kind of well, went I, by so the I wayside. You know, the hard drive uh, segue. I mean, I got some other hard drive type stuff to talk about. Well, I wanted to ask you about OWC's SSD drive ah, because okay. it's a flash memory. See, there well, is. So, so speaking of other controversies, here's uh, you know uh, the OWC. So I went to the OWC booth, and they have a, a great demo going on right now where they have uh, two MacBook Pros uh, lined up, and one has the standard MacBook Pro hard drive in it, and one has the OWC uh, SSD hard drive in it instead. These are both internal drives, obviously. And basically, the demonstration is each computer has to restart and then start up four, I think, Adobe, four or five Adobe products, which are usually you know very taxing on the system. And I think it was the standard hard drive finishing, like, 
a minute and 45 seconds, whereas the SSD finished in 35 seconds. So it's significantly faster. Uh, it was pretty cool, and I was really impressed by it. But that also, um, I realized, kind of, I stumbled on some controversy because I believe they submitted that for best in show. It was submitted for best of show, and you know, it, it's a promising looking product, but when we brought it up in front of the staff, the, the main uh, problem that people had with it was that it was an internal drive, not an external drive. So, you know, if you want to install it in your laptop, you got to figure out a way to get it in there, you got to bring it in for service, and that was people's main argument for it. You know, whether it's valid or not, I, you know, I, I could have gone either way. I, I could see people's reasoning as to why an, an ex internal drive, you know. It's difficult with these things because you know, we get we if we're lucky, we get them before the show. It's best of show. These are brand new products, and you know, something like that. We really feel like we need to kind of test, right? You know, not everything, but something like that. And, and we don't generally review a lot of internal drives. That's true. Uh, um, so, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't, and it doesn't mean that we won't. It just you know yeah. we haven't, so we don't have a lot of data to compare it with, but. We do have a few things in the office that I, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to looking like or the having. Dually. Yes, I'm I'm looking yes. forward to having this. Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to look, testing the dually. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to testing this uh, OWC thing. We have that stardom uh, enclosure that will help us put that small format drive into a Mac Pro, and we've, we'll do it right, and we'll uh, yeah. maybe yeah. it'll it'll get a review, and no best of show this year, unfortunately, but. Right. I, you know, I, I was, I'm usually pretty skeptical about internal drives, and I was impressed by this demonstration, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough, a tough competition for internal drives to do well on. Yeah. I mean, I'm also the games editor for Macworld, and it's tough for uh, games to win best of show, best of show in Macworld as well. I mean, they're just categories that inherently don't do as well. Yeah. Uh, any other storage devices that you guys want to talk about? Or? Oh, I mean, I, I saw uh, I think Avastor. Uh, Avastor, uh -huh. I think, pretty good uh, demos going on. Just they've got really, um, unlike a lot of other companies, they actually create their own mechanisms, uh, and they basically test it to a lot, a lot higher degree and a lot harsher conditions than a lot of other companies do. So, to them at least, they're, they're claiming that they're much more reliable. Um, so basically, their their whole um, PR campaign is: Can your hard drive do this? And list all these intense test that it's gone through and all these things that it can withstand. It's a pretty impressive little uh, package they got going on there. So is this, were they were they basically daring you to uh, take it back to the Crucible and uh, firebomb right. the thing? We do need an excuse to use the flame torch We do again. need another excuse to use the flamethrower. So uh, uh, Jim is uh, referencing, uh, uh, in another life I, I was uh, doing some videos for Macworld and PC World where we would uh, do extreme hard drive tests, extreme tests to a bunch of different products including uh, cell phones and hard drives, and we went to the Crucible in Berkeley and uh, got a flamethrower and barbecued uh, a, a hard drive. Pretty, pretty uh, crispy, actually. Um, and yeah, this is actually might be a good candidate for doing something like that to them. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we got some other hard drives. I'd like to see how they, how well they withstand fire, water, liquid. There's nitrogen. lots of things I'd like to try and put in front of a flamethrower. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's our next podcast. Things that Jim and yes. Chris would like to put Will in front of Will it burn? Uh, fire, fire. <laughs> Will it burn, the podcast. <laughs> so um, Jim recently did a roundup of scanners in the latest issue of Macworld. Um, he did a roundup of some document scanners, and these were high-end document scanners. But here at the show, we've seen a couple of 
more affordable consumer level scanners like uh, I've seen actually quite I've seen kind of the quite a few different types. I mean it, it's yeah, walking around yesterday, I think I met with you know four or five different companies. It's not that big of a show, all doing right. document scanners. It's pretty amazing that how many impressive. there are here. Um, we stopped by and saw Fujitsu. They're of course showing their ScanSnap. They've got a new model that's cross-platform. It's the uh, S1300, is that right? S1300, no, lo no longer does it require an M at the end right. for it to work with the Macintosh and the extra hundreds of dollars that they would also yes. charge for that M. So it's a USB bus powered, one SKU for both Mac and Windows, costs $300. They're no longer including uh, Adobe Acrobat, but you know, it was always kind of weird anyway. If you already had Acrobat Pro and you bought a ScanSnap, you're buying another copy of it right, and right. you know, spending a couple hundred dollars on something you may or may not need. Um, we also talked, I also saw, um, where are you? Uh, Iris, uh, Iris Scan had a few things, um, and uh, I saw this new company called Bullet Scan, uh, and they're coming out next week with the, their first uh, document scanners, um, and they look pretty impressive. They uh, they've got a whole line. Uh, the uh, CEO uh, used to work at Visioneer, who was included in the roundup. And uh, they seem like they really have their stuff together, and I think it's going to be interesting. I think this time next year they'll be, they might be a player. Um, you also saw Doxy. I saw Doxy. They have, uh, um, it's it's this really small and thin document scanner. Uh, it works with their own software. It does not. You have to use their their software to scan with the Doxy. You can't use image capture, which are, well, what a lot of vendors are doing now with, with Lep Snow Leopard, so just using an image uh, capture instead of updating their software where they wrote their own software. Um, again, it's a document scanner, kind of like... Uh, Is it a what, portable one? It's like a portable a one, one sheet at a time kind of thing? Yeah, one sheet at a time, and you can also um, scan to some... Uh, Searchable PDF and things like that. You can, you can scan it to PDF and then you can upload to like twi uh, Twitter and other. You know, you can scan stuff quickly and upload it to a server, Facebook, uh, other. You know, it's the, the the typical social media Im uh, implementation mm -hmm. that they're trying to make it popular. It's one hundred twenty nine dollars. Ships in mid March, I believe. Uh, you could also to make it a little. You know, there are all these document scanners. So to make the Doxy different, they. Um, allow you to add skins to the doxy. So, you know, to give the, the hardware itself a little different appearance. I don't know if that's going to sway anyone one way or another, but uh, we actually posted a news story about the doxy on it, on, on our website, and the doxy that the picture had little, the picture of the doxy had hearts on it, Aww. on the doxy itself, and somebody actually posted you know, I'm not going to buy that if it has hearts, you know, which, you know, it's, I guess there's actually something to it, you know, and somebody else replied, well, you can change that skin if you wanted to. Right, well, so I guess that is some, you know, something that people look for in, I mean, in their products, so. Apple proved that, you know, the different colors of the different nanos make a difference. I mean, they, they sell differently. Some sell better right. than others. And I mean, yeah, why not have, you know, the scanners, the different color scanners can be the next it item around Christmas next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody's really trying to make a cool-looking scanner, so yeah. <laughs> go Doxy. There might, there might right. be a reason for that. We'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. But it is funny how you know 
there's always been this talk in technology about how the paperless office, the paperless office. Now we have all these document scanners to get, get us a step closer, but I think the thing is, is that we're still outputting paper in the first place, which creates this need for these document scanners. And it's, I guess one of the, the weird things is that, you know, with technology, it makes it easier to print. So you're printing, it, it doesn't even become a second thought, you're just doing it anyways, and so, I don't, you know, we're very far away from the paperless office. Really, you think so? I, I think I think we're still a long ways away from the paperless office. Uh, I, I think with the rise of things like the Kindle and the, and you know the iPad, I think we're actually getting closer to that. I mean, I think there's a generational thing. You know, I was I had to do some other things, uh, and I was using uh, I was hosting some uh, presentations here on the main stage, and I was using my iPhone to read my notes, and it was very weird because I'm used to looking at paper. You know, and it's not because one it's better than the other. It's just that that's what I was grew up doing, and so I think you know it's, it's sort of a generational thing where younger people. Not that I'm an old fogey. <laughs> yeah, you kids. Oh, I remember the day yeah. when I used to walk uphill both ways to school with my backpack full of paper. Well, uh, so, you guys were talking earlier about verbatim and floppy disks, and I felt really, really young right there. So, <laughs> yes, uh, going full circle here. I don't know, I mean, I, I feel like in my, my job right now, I don't really use paper that, other than HR stuff in terms of like documents I need to sign for money. Right. I, I really don't have much use for paper anymore. But, it, yeah. No, I, you know, I do get more electronic, uh, you know, press kits and, and those kinds yes. of things, which is good for sure. Um, and I think people are trying to make, a, you know, an effort to re reduce the amount of paper. Right. And uh, over at uh, the Fujitsu booth, there's th they have three different software partners in the booth with them showing some different kind of workflows for, you know, organizing your receipts or organizing, you know, how to upload these things up, upload your paper and get rid of it. You know, scan it, toss it, recycle it, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, let's try and get rid of some of this paper. Yeah. I'm all for it. I hate paper. <laughs> you heard cuts. it here. Paper cuts hurt the most. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, one cool product that I saw, uh, I was relatively excited about, is some, from a company called Connex. Uh, they're actually a division of Apogee. K A N E X. It's spelled K A N E X, but it's actually pronounced Connex. Okay. And they have a box called the DX, or I'm sorry, the XD, the Connex XD. And this is a little box that you use with the 27-inch iMac, the current model of the 27-inch iMac. And you can connect uh, HDMI devices to the box and then connect the box to the video, uh, the mini display port of the 27-inch iMac. And then you could use the 27-inch iMac as a display for that HDMI device. So, you know, this feature came out when the, was announced, you know, was revealed when the new iMac, the 27-inch iMac came out, but there were no adapters for it because it's a mini display port. And finally, a few months later, we got this adapter. It's 150 bucks. It's a little on the pricey side, but uh, they're here and they're showing a Xbox 360 and a, I believe a PlayStation and Blu-ray player. And all you have to do is hit Command-2 and it switches from your Mac to the HDMI device. And it, it was really seamless and it works really well. And it also got a best of show from Macworld. So. Oh, hey, there we hey, go. There you go. Going full circle there, very nice. So if you're into, you know, if you have a 27 inch iMac and you want to use it as part of a home entertainment center, 
Uh, this might be a device you might want to look into. Again, you have to use it. It has. It can only work with the current 27-inch iMac because that has the Mini DisplayPort that accepts video in. So, but you go. You know, why stop there? For $700, you can get a flat screen arm for your 27-inch iMac. Oh, oh so, yeah, right. a, um, you know, it's pretty cool looking. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, of the uh, iMac, the lampshade iMac right. and, uh, the, of, of old, but that and was just a 15-inch. Uh, and who yeah. makes this product? It's called flat screen arms, and it's really pretty cool. I mean, there's um, some serious engineering went into this thing, hydraulics, uh, you know, you're one finger and you're lifting this, uh, this thing up and down, and it's it's a little bit different. You, you uh, it can tilt, swivel, and do all sorts of crazy things. So, you know, so for seven hundred dollars plus the cost of the twenty-seven inch iMac, one hundred and fifty bucks right. for your uh, TV converter. Right. Let's spend some money on iMacs. There you go. So, Chris, do you have anything else that cut, that cut your eye at the show? Uh, I mean, hardware-wise, not really. I've seen some really interesting booths with uh, some, you know. Interesting, I guess, booth bait would be the term, like free candy being given right. out. And we, we, there's a girl with a uh, cape on earlier who's, I think, uh, selling something about uh, iTunes, uh, clean up, yes. I think tune up, it was the product called. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting show. It's kind of a different mix of, uh, of companies than last year. Um, some companies I'm happy to see are back, or are back. Um, and uh, others, old friends are gone, but you know, new ones replace them. Yeah, one thing that vendors have told me is that um, they're, constantly busy at their booths, which is a change from past Macworlds, where what they've told, several vendors have told me that, you know, they would get busy in, in phases and lulls, and then they would get really busy, and then there would be another lull. But now they're just constantly busy, and walking down, up and down the aisles, it seems like every booth is like two, three people deep. There's a, there are a lot of people here. So This mobile application showcases maybe uncomfortably packed. Yeah, no, it, it, it is, is uncomfortably packed. packed. So. A great majority of my vendors are down there, and I've been heavily locating the vendors and getting time with the vendors to talk to because I have so many other people competing with their attention. So is it like four vendors surrounding a cocktail table? Yes, four vendors, there are apparently 80 vendors, or supposed to be about 80 vendors down there. I think some of them have actually pulled out having seen what the spot is like. Um, it is, it, I mean, it's definitely crowded, and it's getting a lot of attention, so that's good. All right, well, Jim, do you have any other products that, that caught your eye? Um, no, but I'm, I'm not done yet. I'm going to yes. go look around. First, I'm going to go knock over the guy with the hammer yeah, at the know, booth. He, he's, about, he's next. Uh, yeah. We're going to knock that guy down. And then uh, I'm going to walk around a little bit more and see some more cool stuff. Yeah, there's some cool stuff to look, yeah. look at. So, All right, well, that's from the lab. Uh, I'd like to thank Jim Galbraith and Chris Holt for taking time out. Uh, actually, it was an opportunity to sit down. <laughs> so, but uh, I'd like to thank you guys for joining me. I'm Roman Loyola, and uh, stay tuned for more stuff from MacWorld Expo. Thank you very much. That concludes this episode of the MacWorld Podcast. Tune in throughout this week and next for more podcasts from the show floor. Thanks very much for listening.